What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Celebrate the end of your workday with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as another busy Thursday flies by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. My colleague will stop commenting on everything I eat. My assistant rolls his eyes at people in meetings. Why does my coworker keep taking credit for all my ideas? Have any wisdom for me? Hi, I'm Allison Green. Welcome to the Ask a Manager podcast, where I answer questions from listeners about life at work. Everything from what to say if you're allergic to your coworker's perfume to what to do if you drank too much at the company party. Let's get started. This week, I'm going to do something a little different than usual. Earlier this year, I did an episode of the show that was all about tone. What kind of tone to use in tricky conversations at work, with lots of examples to demonstrate exactly what you should sound like when you're addressing something sensitive or potentially awkward at work. That episode was actually one of the reasons I was excited about launching a podcast in the first place, because while I talk a lot about tone on my website, it's hard to demonstrate tone in writing, and this is a much easier medium to do it in. It turned out to be a really popular episode, and since then I've had requests from listeners to do more episodes about tone in more specific situations. For example, here is one letter that I got about this. A listener wrote in and said, I wanted to ask if you might consider doing a follow-up podcast on tone the boss can use for tricky conversations. I confess that even now, at director level, I still struggle with getting tone right, like during a crucial conversation with my staff, particularly if they've become defensive or otherwise react unprofessionally. I've beaten myself up after these tough interactions because I've either overly softened or, on the other end of the spectrum, sounded like a stern or annoyed mom instead of an objective boss. It would be so helpful if you could give some tone demos for those of us in management. So let's do it on this episode. Let's talk about tone for managers. First, let's talk about it in general, and then I'm going to go through some specific examples and show you the tone that I'd recommend using in a few different potentially tricky situations that you might run into as a manager. Tone matters a ton when you're a manager. Really, when you're a manager, people will read into everything you do, and in some ways you're on a stage because people will pay so much attention not only to what you say, but also the energy you give off. 
your demeanor is going to carry a huge amount of weight. If you're in a bad mood, people will wonder if you're angry with them. If you're tired and distracted, people will wonder if something bad is coming down the pike that will impact them. So while tone always matters when you're dealing with other people, it really, really matters for managers. If you have to have a difficult conversation with an employee, let's say delivering bad news or giving critical feedback, your tone can be the thing that makes the difference between the person walking away thinking, okay, that was hard to hear, but I know what our next steps are, versus them walking away demoralized and wanting to hide under their desk for the rest of the day. So again, tone really matters. And here's another important thing to remember about being the boss, which also should affect your tone. You have real power, which means that if there is a problem with the people working for you, it's very likely that you have the ability to fix it. That means that you don't need to talk to people in a way that shows frustration or anger because you have the tools to fix the problem. If you think about managers who yell in particular, they're typically doing it because they don't know how to manage effectively. They don't know how else to achieve whatever it is that they're trying to do, whether it's getting feedback to stick or ensuring a mistake doesn't keep happening or whatever it is. Because they don't really know how to get things done, they feel desperate and frustrated and yelling feels like the only tool they have to get their point made. It's the same thing with showing less intense forms of anger and frustration with an employee too. The thing is, whenever you talk to someone as their manager, there's always an implied or else behind what you're saying. And I know that sounds pretty tyrannical, but the weird irony is that remembering that will usually make you sound less tyrannical because when you're confident in your authority to escalate the consequences if you need to, up to even firing the person if it turns out that's what you need to do. You know that you have the tools you need to get the results you need and therefore should be able to stay more calm. So that means that when you're having a serious conversation with someone about concerns with their work, you should be clear in your own mind that if talking through the issues doesn't work, you have more options. You can change assignments around. You can ask for work to be redone. You can take the person off a project or require them to work with you or with someone else to build their skills and on and on. And ultimately, you can remove the person from the position if things just aren't working out. So that means that you have a huge amount of power to resolve problems. And having it means that you don't need to feel helpless or angry. Plus, sounding angry or frustrated is going to make the whole interaction much more adversarial. So the majority of the time, you should sound kind and compassionate because that's the kind of manager you should want to be. That doesn't mean that you can't hold people accountable to a high bar. In fact, you have to hold people accountable to a high bar, but you can do that while still being kind. And I'll show you some examples pretty soon. Now, where a lot of managers go wrong is that in an effort to be kind, they end up softening their approach so much that their message is lost. You don't want to do that. And ironically, it ends up not being kind at all, because if your employee misses the message that you're trying to deliver, they miss the chance to learn what they need to do to succeed at work, and in some cases, maybe even what they need to do to keep their job. So you've got to make sure that you're being very clear. On the other end of the spectrum, some managers get so focused on the work that they need done that they forget they're dealing with humans and they're overly brusque or curt with people, which if it happens enough, tends to leave people feeling pretty demoralized and getting less and less engaged with their jobs. So what is the tone that you want? You want your tone to be calm, matter of fact, and like you're looking for collaborative problem solving. 
If you listen to my earlier episode on tone for non-managers, that was the same tone we talked about there too. Calm, direct, collaborative problem solving. That's what you're going for. Okay, let's talk about some specific examples of times when tone will matter and what your tone should sound like. I was looking back through past letters that I've answered at the Ask a Manager website to find examples of times where tone was really important for a manager. So let's run through a few of those. One thing that comes up a lot is what kind of tone to use when you're correcting someone. One example of this is a letter that a manager sent to me about an employee who was just constantly late to work at least a couple times a week. He'd have an excuse every time, but it was happening enough that it was impacting his work and his coworkers. So I advised her to lay out her expectations really clearly and to just be matter of fact about it. And in doing this, your tone doesn't need to signal and really shouldn't signal, I think you're lazy or I'm annoyed with you. You're just going for matter-of-fact expectation setting and an explanation of what you need. So it could sound like this. I do understand that you've had a lot going on recently, but I really need you to be here consistently and reliably. Of course, things will come up from time to time, but you've been late once a week for months now. And going forward, I need you to consistently be here on time and as scheduled, unless it's a really rare circumstance. So again, matter-of-fact, calm, and problem-solving mode. Let's pause here for a quick break, and I will be right back with many more examples. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year 
equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Let's do another example. I had a letter from someone who wanted to know how to correct people on little things without making it into a bigger deal than what was warranted. Tone is huge in doing that because your tone can convey, hey, this is what I need, but it's not a huge deal. For example, let's say someone announces that they're heading out for a long leisurely lunch right in the middle of a time-sensitive project that you need them to finish up before they go. So you would just calmly say, actually, I need you to finish up X before you go, but maybe in half an hour instead. Or if someone interrupts you in a meeting, you can just say, let me finish what I'm saying here and then we'll come back to you. Or let's say someone says they're going to delay a project by a few days because they need more time and you're not crazy about that idea. You could say something like, I'd like to stick to the deadline we talked about if we can. Tell me what the holdup is that you're running into and let's see if there's another way to solve things without delaying it. The idea is that you're saying, actually, no, but you're not making it into a big, fraught thing. You're just calmly asserting appropriate authority. And you can be perfectly kind and friendly while doing it, as long as you're clear about what you need. Okay, let's do an example that involves someone with an attitude issue, because that can be pretty aggravating. I had a letter a while back from someone whose assistant kept resisting direction, disagreeing with all her ideas, being rude, and generally just sort of acting like she didn't realize that her boss had authority over her. Sometimes in a situation like that, the most effective way to reinforce to someone that you have authority is to really clearly exercise that authority. This is a subtle difference in tone from the previous example because you're making a point of emphasizing the subtext of, I am your boss. So for example, when the assistant argues with her about how she plans to proceed on a project, the manager should look visibly surprised and say this. Well, I've actually made the decision to do X, so let's talk about how we're going to move forward with that. Or when the assistant is just running with an idea without getting the manager's approval, and it's something the manager does need to approve, it might be this. Well, let's talk about that before you do anything definite with it, because I want to hear more before I okay it. So the idea is you're not sounding annoyed. You're just calmly expressing that you have some authority here and you're exercising it. But let's say she's rude when you correct her or when you ask her to do something differently. Then you'd want to sound more concerned because that's a pretty big deal. So you might sound like this. Hey, your response here is concerning to me. I need to be able to ask you to do things differently and have you take that in stride. Is everything okay? So you sound a little more concerned there. It sounds a little more serious. 
let's say you do that a few times and you don't see a change. Then you really need to sit down and have a very direct conversation about the pattern and about what's going on. So your tone there is serious and concerned, still in problem-solving mode. Something like this. I want to talk about how we work together. It's great that you have ideas, and I don't want to discourage that, but I need you to be clear on our roles on the projects we're working on together. Ultimately, I need to make the decisions that I think are best for my projects. And when I make a different choice than the one you hoped I'd make, I need you to roll with that, not argue or be short with me. And the same thing goes when I need to correct your work. I need you to be okay with that, not become snippy with me. And overall, I need you to operate with the understanding that because I'm managing these projects, I'm going to call the shots on them. Does that make sense to you? So direct, straightforward, concerned, but still problem solving. All right, let's do another one that is also about a kind of weird attitude issue. I had a letter from someone who had taken a job managing a team that was already in place, and some of the employees on the team seemed to really resent having her as their new boss. They were resisting assignments, questioning all her decisions, and generally undermining her. In a case like that, it's especially important to stay calm when you address it, because staying calm will enforce that you're the manager and you have control here. If you sound scared or thrown off or frustrated or angry, you're going to look less in control. And you definitely don't want that when people are already trying to undermine your authority. So you want to sound really calm and authoritative. Typically, you would do this in stages. So the first time that you address it, let's say it's someone pushing back on your decisions all the time. You could calmly say, I'd be glad to explain why I assigned that to Bob, but I'm getting the sense that you're skeptical of my decisions in general. What's going on? And then you listen with an open mind, but eventually you probably say something like, I'll definitely take your input into account, but I am going to be making lots of decisions and you might not agree with them all. And then if it keeps happening, that's when you get more serious, which might sound like, we've talked about this before, it's continuing to happen. I value your work, but I need someone in your role who's going to be a positive presence on the team and raise concerns in a professional manner and not cause tension like what happened in the meeting today. I'd like you to think about whether that's something you're willing to do in this new context. I hope that you will, but if you think about it and you decide this isn't for you, I'll support you in that decision. But I want to make it really clear that what you've been doing can't continue. Okay, let's talk about an example where you are the one who messed up. Let's say that you need to ask someone to work late because of a mistake that you made. You want your tone to convey that you know this is an imposition, you know it's on you, and you're sorry about that. So it could sound like this. I misunderstood our deadline for this project. I thought we had until Monday to finish it, and it turns out that we don't, and we actually need to send it out tomorrow to make the deadline. This is 100% on me, but can I ask you to help me get it into workable shape tonight? I know that's going to mess up your evening, and I'm so sorry to ask it. I wouldn't make the request if it weren't crucial. The tone there says you're not taking it lightly. You're not being cavalier with people's time. You know you messed up, and you're asking for help in fixing it. Let's take another quick break here. And when I come back, I'll talk about tone and some of the most serious conversations that you'll have as a manager. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great tasting, all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. 
Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome back. We're talking about how to get your tone right when you're the boss. Let's talk about what your tone should sound like if your employee has made a pretty serious mistake, because this is one that I think a lot of managers dread. It's important to remember that in most cases, you really don't need to sound like you're scolding anyone. These are presumably adults, and scolding isn't really appropriate in an adult business relationship. Hopefully that's a relief to hear, because who wants a job where you have to scold people? Most of the time when something has gone wrong, you just need to talk about what happened and why and how it will be avoided in the future. Of course, if you find yourself having to have a lot of these conversations with the same person, you have a bigger issue. And in that case, the pattern is the issue, and that's what you need to address. But most of the time, especially with people who are generally conscientious, you're just figuring out what happened and making sure it won't happen again. For the sample language here, I'm going to use some examples from my Ask a Manager book because it contains a bunch of these since it's all about what to say in difficult work situations. So your employee made a serious mistake. You're sitting down to talk about it. The first thing you want to do is ask for their perspective so that you get a sense of how they see the situation and how seriously they're taking the problem. And who knows, maybe there's something that you don't know that will change your assessment of of who made that mistake. So that might sound like this. Can we talk about what happened at the conference? I know there was a lot of confusion over who was speaking where and some VIPs ended up locked out of sessions they were supposed to be attending. What happened there? So you're just genuinely soliciting information at that point. And then if you don't get the sense that the person recognizes how serious the mistake is, you address that. But otherwise, you can skip this step. That might sound like, this is a pretty serious mistake. It reflects badly on us to important people who were doing us a favor by attending. And it makes us look like we don't have our act together. And then ask how the person will avoid serious mistakes in the future. What are your thoughts about what you could have done differently and what you'll do differently in the future to make sure that doesn't happen? That's it. That's the tone there. There are times, though, when something is such a big deal that a sterner tone is appropriate. For example, if you have an employee who's making racist or other bigoted comments, 
that's a time when you should sound quite serious and stern. Here's an example. Whoa, we value customers and employees of all races and religions here. I hope you don't really mean that. Or just, hey, that kind of comment is not okay here. Or, I want to be really clear that that kind of comment is not okay here. I need you to be respectful to people regardless of their race or their religion. Can you do that going forward? Another example of a time where a stern tone is called for is if you catch an employee in a lie. Of course, you don't want to jump to assumptions, so you should start by asking for their side of what happened and truly be open to hearing it. So it might sound like this. I'm really concerned that you told me that Jane knew that you would be out yesterday and that she was going to cover for you, but she says she didn't know anything about it, so no one was there to fill in. What happened? And then, assuming the person does not respond with an explanation that clears it up, you might say something that sounds like this. I need to be able to rely on what you say to me and trust that it's correct. It's a really big deal if I can't do that because I would need to be second-guessing everything you say, and that's not going to work for either of us. You've always done good work here, and so I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt that this was just a one-time lapse in judgment. But I do take it really seriously, and I want to be clear how essential it is that I need to be able to trust what you tell me in the future. This can't happen a second time. Since we're doing serious conversations, let's also do two of the most serious, warning someone you might have to let them go, and then actually letting someone go. In most cases, these are times when you can and should sound compassionate. Your message needs to be clear, but that means that your words need to be very clear and very direct, but your tone can still be kind and compassionate. If you're warning someone that you'll need to fire her if her work doesn't improve, here's what that might sound like. I'm really hopeful that you're going to be able to make the improvements we've talked about, but I want to be transparent with you that these issues are serious enough that if you don't show strong progress over the next month, I would need to let you go. But I'm ready to work with you however I can over these next few weeks to help get your work to where we need it. And I'm really hopeful that we'll be able to. So clear and direct, no hiding the message, but the tone is sympathetic. And then if you do end up needing to let the person go, use a very similar tone, something like this. We talked last month about the benchmarks I would need you to meet in order to be able to keep you in your job. I do know that you've tried hard, but unfortunately I haven't seen the improvements I need. We're now at the point where we need to move forward with someone else in the role, and so today will be your last day. So again, very clear wording, no sugarcoating or dodging the message, but a kind tone that recognizes that this isn't news anyone wants to hear. Okay, so there are a bunch of examples of tone for managers in different situations. I hope hearing these out loud is helpful. I don't normally make a big plug for my book on the show, but if you have found this kind of sample language useful, you might really like the Ask a Manager book because it's filled with sample language for all sorts of situations that you might run into at work, and about a quarter of it is specifically for managers. If you want to check it out, it's called Ask a Manager, Clueless Colleagues, Lunch-Stealing Bosses, and the Rest of Your Life at Work, and you can order it on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Okay, that's it for today. I'll be back next week with our more traditional format, where I'll talk to a listener about a work issue they're facing and give some advice. Thanks for listening to the Ask a Manager podcast. If you'd like to ask a question on the show, email it to podcast at askamanager.org. 
you can get more Ask a Manager at askamanager.org or in my book, Ask a Manager, Clueless Coworkers, Lunch Stealing Bosses, and the Rest of Your Life at Work. The Ask a Manager show is a partnership with How Stuff Works and is produced by Paul Deccan. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. I'm Allison Green, and I'll be back next week with another one of your questions. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.